We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Rob Doster here for the Field of 60. Today, we are bringing you another episode in our Off the Carousel series, where we will be joined by each and every new head coach to the Division One ranks. There are almost 60 of them. We're going to be rolling these out a couple of days throughout the month of May and the month of June. So make sure that you subscribe to the channel. And if you like this interview, don't be afraid to tap that like button. That stuff really does help our channel and help our presence on YouTube. It helps more people like you find this content. And since I have you guys here, make sure that you check out our Instagram and TikTok pages. We are going to be pumping out more unique content over there throughout the summer heading into next season. Like, for example, did you know that Penny Hardaway was shot when he was a player in college? I bet you didn't know that. There are more stories like that on those pages. The links are in the description below. So now, without further ado, let's get into another edition of Off the Carousel. Now let me welcome on to the field of 68's Off the Carousel series. We have an alumni of the After Dark show. It's your new and, well, I guess your old uh, Xavier head coach, Sean Miller. Sean, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well, Rob. Uh, thanks for having me on. You know, uh, missed the field of 68. And I know I've said this many, many times, but thank you for uh, what you did for me and Arts this year. You gave us... Uh, Besides something to do, something that I think we really enjoyed doing, and it was just awesome to follow college basketball the way the way that you guys do, and I think what you have going is something that's really special. Well, I'll tell you this: the the appreciation is reciprocated because I don't know if we would have had uh, the success that we did without you guys just buying in and really kind of you know jumping uh jumping ten toes in, right? Like you are, you guys were all in. I, I tell people this yeah. all the time. It's <laughs> it's funny because I would. We'd be sitting there and I'm just watching a game on like a Thursday night. All of a sudden, up oh, here comes Sean. Here comes Arch. Here comes Goodman. Like they're, you guys are just you're doing what, yeah. we're, what we're doing at the same time. We're basketball junkies. But I do want to tell you this because um, I, I'm going to miss you guys. But I'm, I'm really happy that, that you and Arch and Steve Prohm, both of you guys are all three of you guys ended up getting the job because, I mean, I had a blast. But you're not a media guy. You're a <laughs> yeah, like, you, know, you don't belong on a you. Zoom. You belong yeah, on a bench. It. Uh, and, and Xavier, it's been the perfect place for you before. I think it's a perfect place for you again. So I'll, congratulations, man. I'm, I'm happy oh, for you. you. I'm thrilled, even though I'm a UConn fan. Right. And now like, yeah. we're technically enemies, but <laughs> I, I'm thrilled that you're, you're back in the coaching ranks. No, and I'm thrilled to be back, Rob. And, uh, I really am, you know, I, 
didn't have a crystal ball, didn't really know what the future held. But if you would have told me that, you know, some way, shape or form, uh, things would happen in a positive way at place, a place, any place, you know, that that's great. But the fact that it's Xavier, you know, I was there for eight years, five years as, as the head coach before I left to go to Arizona. And it was such a different time back then, Rob, you know, the Atlantic 10, we were in the Atlantic 10, not the Big East, but the Atlantic 10, you know, John Chaney was at Temple and Phil Martelli. And they, he was just coming off of Jameer Nelson and Delonte West those years. You think about the Atlantic 10, Dayton. Uh, it was just, it was a great time to coach. I learned a lot. And uh, now to return back to the same place, but to be in the Big East Conference, uh, it's almost the best of both worlds. So you left, it was 13 years ago you left, and that might as well, might as well be like 300 years ago based yes. off the way that college basketball has changed at that point. So what's what, what's the biggest change now that you're back on, on that same campus again? Is it, uh, you know, is it just the, the way that the transfer portal works? Is it the dealing with NIL stuff? Is it um, dealing with different coaches and different players? And different, like what's, what's the biggest difference? For, I know you're not really into it yet. You're still kind of... Uh, figuring things out, but what's, what's been the biggest difference for you here in these first couple of weeks? Well, yeah, a lot. Uh, you know, one of which is just changing a, a complete region, you know, and I did it one other time and, and it's not easy when you leave the Midwest and, you know, you have all the contacts and you just, the know-how and, and the different people that you're just used to dealing with almost on an everyday basis, it, it just goes 180, you know, now, you know, when you go from Ohio to Arizona, you're dealing with Los Angeles and you're dealing with the West coast and you're, you're really not dealing almost at all with the place you just left. Well, this time around it's, it's the opposite. And although we have a ton of relationships, you know, just the first couple of weeks, just figuring out, you know, who won the Ohio state championships this year and just figuring out uh, just the lay of the land, uh, how it once was is, is no longer there. There's just a lot that has changed, but it's also exciting. And for me this time, you know, being a Pittsburgh guy growing up in Pittsburgh, my family's from Pittsburgh and we lived in Cincinnati, Ohio for eight years. So it is brand new. But uh, I think like every day that I'm here, I think it, it feels like uh, like old times again. So I think that that's one thing. And I, I really believe I speak for all coaches. The collision this spring of, you know, the, the transfer portal and what it means to both your own team and also what it could mean you know, in terms of providing opportunities for players right away and be eligible, you know, that's, you know, that's a big deal. That's a wholesale change from a few years ago. And then obviously the NIL part of it, uh, the collision of the NIL with the portal. And uh, it just, I think it's, it's, it's unprecedented times. It's, it's up to all of us to adjust and figure it out. But if you think about what I just said, you know, changing the region, with the portal and then, you know, the NIL, which is emerging, it's uh, it certainly has a lot of differences from even a couple of years ago for me. Yeah. And the program's also grown and that's a credit to some of the guys that, that or a job that you did when you were there, the, the job that Chris did when he was there, um, that Travis did just kind of growing yeah. Xavier from being a really good, almost, I don't want to call it a mid-major because the, the Atlantic time wasn't a mid-major conference back then, but being, uh, from the Atlantic 10 and now in the Big East, a team that can get number two seeds and number one seeds that can get to elite eight. I, I think that that says a lot about where this team is right now. I, I have a specific question for you about Cincinnati. Have you, are your favorite restaurants still around? Like when you walk into your, your favorite yeah. spots, or they, do they still remember who you are? 
Yeah, there's some of them do. You know, they in those spots, they they obviously have a great affinity for Xavier. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you if you go to the Cincinnati, I mean, the staples, the ones that everybody talk about is obviously Skyline Chili. You got to mm. try it. You know, whether it's the three way or the Skyline Chili hot dog, but Fanta's coming in, I guess, at the end of the month. And me and him are going to barnstorm a couple places. Uh, but Grater's ice cream, you know, you've, you've probably heard of that black raspberry chocolate chip. I mean, I've, I've just, been to Grater's. I've also been to the Montgomery Inn for the Montgomery the, Inn. The yeah, there's two of them, the Boathouse and the one in Montgomery. Unbelievable barbecue place. But yeah, I mean, if you're a foodie and, and the other part of it that I would tell you is the city of Cincinnati has really grown in the last decade. I mean, when I left, you know, where the Bengals played and the Cincinnati Reds played, in between was just a gigantic parking lot. Now, you know, it's filled with different restaurants and places where people live. The downtown has really emerged and changed as well. So um, it's exciting to be a part of a city. You know, Cincinnati, Rob, 2 million people, and it's a major league city, right? You think of the Bengals and the Reds. There's a major league soccer team right now. They have a brand new stadium. They sell out almost every game. But when you think about basketball, there's not an NBA team. So I think part of, you know, the history of, of Cincinnati, Xavier, is if you love basketball, you know, their love becomes college basketball because there isn't an NBA team. And that's been that way for a long, long time. And, you know, think about around Cincinnati, Dayton, University of Cincinnati, Xavier, Ohio State, Louisville, Kentucky. You go to the West, you have Indiana and all the, the, the places that you have right there in the state of Indiana. I mean, we're talking about within a two or three hour radius, maybe 15 to 20 historical college basketball programs. And the fans have grown accustomed to great basketball. They expect it. But what they give you is when we play a home game at the Centa Center, it's sold out. I mean, they yep. love it, you know, and and that's something that means a lot to everybody when you have that in place. Yeah, I actually we figured it out that the best place if you're a college basketball junkie to live in America is Cincinnati, because you can get to Louisville and yeah. the ACC. You can get to Kentucky and the SEC. Xavier's in the big East. Cincinnati is in the, uh, the, the American you have um, Indiana and the big 10 right there. Basically the only power conferences that you can't get to very easily are PAC 12 teams. Yeah, no, you're, you're so right about it. And, and the other part of it is, you know, the recruiting in general, not only do you have incredible travel teams, right, that are affiliated with those types of communities and cities, but I think what you find, especially in Southwest Ohio, Indiana, you know, Kentucky, certainly all the entire state of Ohio, is you have high school communities and coaches and programs that they do a great job coaching their, their team. They, they develop the young people during the school year as well. So young people in that area, they have the best of both worlds. They have high school with a really good high school coach that's trying to win a state championship combined with today's travel team model. And I think that's one of the reasons there's so many talented players in the area as well. So let me ask you this. You you played in the Big East when, when Pitt was in the conference that they were supposed to be in. Uh, you coached for a year um, as an assistant with Pitt. Uh, now you are back coaching Xavier, a school that you were at before when it's part of the Big East now. So what is – what? What's the difference that you see in the league in terms of kind of what it is and what you think it can be moving forward versus the the league when you were playing in it originally? No, that's a great question. You know, Rob, full transparency. I, I learned a lot about the Big East this year, just doing the field of 68, you know, because you your passion for it, Fanta's passion for it, 
as strong as the conference was this year, you know, what Ed Cooley did at Providence. And of course I always follow Xavier, you know, just, but you kind of look at it and it was, it was a fun conference to follow this year. I mean, it really was, it, it captivated you as somebody that loves college basketball. And then you look at Fox and the network. And when you want to watch the big time, big East game on Saturday and Sunday, I mean, you have, you have great games that are on national TV. It was easy for me to follow. And I lived in Arizona. Uh, so I think that jumped off the page for me, but you know, I think the second part is, you know, what Jay Wright did, you know, it's hard for me to believe I just said did, you know, cause uh, you know, when you think of the big East, you have to think of Villanova. You have to think of him as a coach. He became an iconic coach in that, in that conference, in the big East conference. And uh, what he did winning multiple national championships going to all the final fours, dominating the league for the period of time that he did. I mean, there's just nothing you can say other than he's one of the all-time greats that's ever, ever done it at any level in college sports, not just basketball. And uh, yesterday, I think caught a lot of people by surprise, but I would say like a great point guard, Rob, you know, he made the Big East better. Everything that's affiliated with the Big East, because he was in the conference, he made everybody better he set the bar so high and I think everybody fed on how high the bar was uh, now that that he's moved on of course Villanova is going to continue to be very very good but I think it's now up to all of us to keep it going and uh, and have another team besides Villanova get to the final four and and uh, be a team you know here at Xavier that can uh, maybe maybe do that yeah, hopefully Xavier and UConn both make it to a Final Four here. It'll be it'll make me a lot happier if we can get UConn there too. Um, so I'm curious about this. There, there were a, a number of jobs that came open during this kind of the, this carousel period, and like I don't know how much you paid attention to the rumors, but it felt like every single job that opened up, like Sean Miller's name would be popping up there in, in terms of one of those places and get thrown into the mix. I think that was uh, out of respect for how good of a coach that you are, and. Um, there was, I'll be frank, there was a point where I was like, you know what, we might get Sean back for another year. It doesn't seem like he's going after any of these. And then all of yeah. a sudden, like, boom, Xavier pops up. Now, I, I, I think it's frank to say that, like, you were at a crossroads in your career in the last year. So why Xavier and why now? Why is this the right fit for Sean Miller? Well, uh, you're right. Uh, I didn't have the pick, my pick of the litter at all, Rob. That, that, that wasn't the case, you know. Um, I'm really fortunate. Like when I say almost lucky and fortunate, and I, I don't want to say that in, in, in any detrimental way towards Travis Steele, who, you know, I care a lot about, and, you know, not only did he do a very good job as the head coach, he was right on the threshold of, of breaking through into the tournament numerous times. Uh, but he was also at Xavier for 14 years, you know, four years ago, Xavier was a one seed. Think about it. A one seed in the NCAA tournament, won the Big East regular season conference championship and uh, ended up losing earlier in the tournament. That's why you don't remember. But um, for me, if there would be one job that that I would have loved to have the opportunity to to try again, it it would be Xavier. And I say try again because I was there earlier. But it's just a place that that Rob, I think, fits me. You know, Jay Wright probably doesn't remember this, but when I coached Xavier the first time in the last year that I was there, we played Pitt in Boston. And I forget who Villanova played, but the winner of that game, you know, would have met up in the regional final. 
All right. Pitt was the number one seed that would have become Villanova's first final four, I believe under Jay, Wright. It yep. happened through Boston and he saw me in the hallway and, you know, he, he just asked me how I was doing. And he said, just remember one thing, man, like don't mess up happy, you know, just, and it was, it was a way of saying, just be careful. You know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And, and, you know, Rob, I had an amazing time at Arizona. I really did. I, I leave there feeling great about a lot of things, maybe not completely at the end, how things turned out, but I'm glad that I did it. But, um, when I think of living in Cincinnati, coaching Xavier, some of the players that I had a chance to coach, it was some of the happiest times, not only of my life, but of my family's life. You know, we're from Pittsburgh. Cincinnati's a lot like Pittsburgh. And to have that opportunity now to be so much more seasoned and experienced, there's a lot that I know now that I didn't the first time. I'm a, I'm a clearly more prepared and a better coach today than I would have been 13 years ago. So I look forward to uh, to being able to run the program and being able to get us to uh, really to that unprecedented land. You know, Xavier's been to an Elite Eight three times. You know, once under Thad Mata, once under me, once under Chris Mack. And uh, that's kind of me too, right? I've been to four Elite Eights. So I think that that goal of getting to a Final Four, we share it. And one thing that I love about Xavier is they are not confused on how much they love college basketball. The mm -hmm. Centaur Center, right now we're building a brand new practice facility. We're building a brand new 6,000 foot square weight room. And that's located in the Centaur Center. They've always been on a quest to do better, to do more. Keep in mind where Pete Gillen started, where Skip Prosser went, you know, Horizon League, the MCC, right? Then the Atlantic 10 and now the Big East from the Cincinnati Gardens that at one time was the home court to the Centaur Center. Now, if you go to the Centaur Center, it's like it has the bells and whistles on it now. They've made it even better. So to be the coach at a place that cares about college basketball as much as they do, and I'll also tell you this, based on everything that I have gone through, uh, the good and the bad, people at Xavier know me. I was there, and I know them, and for me, that's there's not a close second most important to have that in place. You know, it it, it makes me want to be there forever. And, uh, you know, I hope we can go on a, on a run and uh, and do some great things. Yeah, I, I love how much you love that program. I do want to ask you one thing about Arizona, because I, I know that it didn't end the way that you wanted it to end. I also know that you still have a very close relationship with a lot of the guys that were yep. on that team and they had a great season this season. So. When you see that happen, that this these guys that you brought there, this team that you kind of put together, go out and have this run without you on the sidelines, being the guy that's coaching them to do it. What are the what are the emotions that you feel in, kind of in that moment and seeing these guys have success? Yeah, you know, before it started, I wasn't sure how that would work out. You know, I've never never been in that situation, and I lived in Tucson uh, the whole year. So, uh, but what I'll tell you is. I really have an enormous amount of respect for Tommy Lloyd as a basketball coach. He, he, he's one of the game's best coaches. And, you know, he's in his first year, but he had a unique transition. You know, the role that he had at Gonzaga for over 20 plus years, I think he really impacted that program, had a lot of responsibility, you know, saw and learned from one of the best who's ever done it in Mark Few. And uh, he took that know-how and he hit the ground running. Now, he also had a good group, a ready-made team 
And, uh, you know, do I deserve any credit for that? I, I don't know. I'll certainly take some of it because recruiting those guys, trust me, isn't easy. And building that team, especially under, you know, the microscope and, and just in a way, a little bit of a black cloud over that three or four year period made it even more difficult. And I, and I think that I felt that we were back on track and I'm glad that my feeling was correct. Uh, when you looked at that team, you know, between the season Ben Matherin had, Christian Coloco, all, all of those guys. Then, But you can't do it without a good coach. And I think in Arizona's case, they're fortunate. They got a really, really good coach. I love the way they played. And uh, I learned a lot watching them. Uh, I also enjoyed watching them. And I came to be a fan of theirs simply because I, I pretty much knew everybody involved, right? And uh, to see them have that success, I, it re I really fed off of that. And that's that's one of the things that kind of led me to, you know, really hoping that I had another opportunity because when, when you see something that you were a part of work like that, you know, you, you want to do it again. And that's what I'm so excited about doing right now. So you spent an entire year as a full-blown media member at the field of 60. Yeah. We're working with guys like me that don't really know what we're talking about. So I, has, has that changed your perspective on how you coach, on how you deal with media, on how you run your program at all? Or is it just kind of, it is what it is? Like, how, how do you, how has that influenced the way that you kind of look at your team right now? Or has it not at all? It totally influenced me. The experience of not coaching, first of all, uh, people say it. And when people would say it to me before, I would almost take the perspective of, well, you almost have to say that, right? I mean, do you really mean it that a year off does that much for you? But in my case, I needed a break. I was beaten down. And what I realized is I wasn't at my best the last couple of years. The joy kind of left me. And what the field of 68 did for me, Rob, is that coupled with not having any responsibility as a coach, it invigorated me. You know, it reminded me that, you know, if I didn't coach college and you gave me an opportunity to get a real good high school job, I, I would take it. Like, I just, I love the game. And, and it's like, I'm, I'm not doing it for any other reason at this point um, to compete, to grow, to let, to work with young people and watch them reach their goals and dreams you know, to cut down the nets, win a championship, you know, just to, to help these guys through their problems. I really missed it in, uh, in watching, you know, Scott Drew and the guests we had on the field of 68, listening to Ed Cooley, you know, just kind of watching the ups and downs and the ebb and flow of a long college basketball season. It gave me a completely different perspective. It also gave me a really unique perspective dealing with the media. And, and it's not that I didn't respect the media. I, I do. But sometimes I'm guilty if you have that tunnel vision and it's about the next practice, the next game. Yeah, I know we won, but now we have to get ready for the next game. And you don't have any joy with you. You don't realize it. But when you're talking to the media, you, you're just punching the clock. And this time around, you know, dealing with the media and talking and, and really allowing them to get to know not just me, but the program that, that I'm involved with, my staff and players. I think that's an enormous part of coaching in college basketball today. I think you can't rise to the top unless you, you're able to do a great job externally and allow people to come into your program. Like this is what they do there. And you could still care about winning. You, you know, you could still, you know, get upset when you don't play well. 
But I think what you'll find for me is I'm much more aware of the importance of that. And again, it's not like I did it on purpose, but if you do something for like 28, 29, 30 years in a row, sometimes you can lose track of the things that are going on around you. And this past year gave me this perspective that, wow, I I see it from a completely different light. I, I really do. I think my favorite part of working on the field of 68 last year was, was getting to know you and Arch and being, being there as you kind of get that, that like brotherly interaction, like you, you and Arch are the same way that, that my brother and I are when we get together, like we're just constantly talking shit to each other, constantly competing on everything, constantly one upping each other. Um, So that, to me, that was really fun to kind of get to know you guys and see that personality come out. But I didn't forget about this one. Arch had Miami beating Auburn in the NCAA tournament this year. Have you made good on, on the dinner that you owe him yet for that? I, I have, and I can't find him. He's somewhere out there in the Atlantic ocean up there in Rhode <laughs> Island. But you know, it's crazy, Rob, to show you how bizarre college basketball can be. I saw Arch. I'm not going to say every day, but I did talk to him every day, but he lived in essence, five, seven miles away from me in Tucson him and his family, they moved to Tucson this year. It was great just for our families. I mean, we had a real Thanksgiving, no practice, not worrying about anything other than just eating the turkey and, and watching the NFL game, you know? And then and then really, if you guys had us do something with the field of 68, other than that, I mean, it was just total, wow, we have really nothing going. And But we always had each other. And, you know, when you get the job at Rhode Island and he went first, it's not like you get back together and celebrate it for a week or like, you know, you go back for a month and then a month later you transition, you're gone like that day. So really from the day he became the coach at Rhode Island to you and I speaking right now, I have not seen him. I talked to him, not as much. And we went from like having nothing to do and only relying on each other to now, like, I don't know when the next time is that I'll hook up with him. But I will tell you, as you know, his statistics were off the charts. I don't know. I don't know if he studied in the morning before the show, but he was on point, like in a way that I couldn't believe. Uh, and but but he he got it right. You're right. He, he got uh, Miami to the elite eight. I'll pay him up. Maybe I'll get him a lobster roll instead of a Mexican dinner. Well, you know what you could do if you really want to see him? We can get that Xavier Rhode Island home and home. Are we making that happen? I don't think so, but I'm, I'm really happy for him too, because, uh, you know, he's an excellent coach and people don't realize about Arch. He's young. I mean, he's 42 years old. A lot of the things that happened to him, I mean, he went to an elite eight at Dayton in multiple NCAA tournaments that happened in his thirties, you know, and he got to Indiana. And uh, I think if he would have had the opportunity to stay, I really believe he would have broken through. It is what it is. But I think now a lot like me, he's rejuvenated uh, and back in the conference that he did so well in the last time. I think it's just a perfect fit for him. And I'm, I'm excited to really watch him grow that program. Well, listen, Sean, uh, it is meaningful that you're back in the coaching ranks. It is great to see you uh, happy and smiling and coaching again. I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm thrilled that you're uh, back. I wish you could have found a league other than the Big East to to kind of end up in, but it is what it is, man. So congratulations yeah. on being back at Xavier, and thank you for being with here, uh, being so, here with me today. Thank you, Rob, for everything this year, and looking forward to staying in touch with you guys. Fanta is coming to Cincinnati for the, I think, the baseball tournament, Big East baseball mm-hmm. tournament he's covering. 
So uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated on where I take it. One thing, I one thing I will in. tell you about Fanta is you're gonna make sure you have enough stops because that that boy can eat. <laughs> that boy I, can I know eat. He can. You know what he speaks? Probably I don't know if he's in mourning right now because one of his main guys is uh, is Jay Wright. So I'm sure he took that hard. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there were people that were saying Jay Wright was his favorite coach in the Big East. Maybe now you're his favorite coach in the Big East. As long as Ed Cooley's in that league, I don't think there's going to be anybody close. Yeah, so if you can, you're right. if you can settle for being his second favorite coach in the Big East. I think that's a good yeah, thing. Understood. Understood. I'll settle for that. Thanks, Rob. Uh, Appreciate thanks, it. Thanks, Sean. Anytime. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.